0: This is the Cloudonaut Podcast, your launchpad for Amazon Web Services. Welcome to the Cloudonaut Podcast. My name is Andreas. And my name is Michael. We are brothers and freelancers focusing on Amazon Web Services. We do technical coaching, for example, for teams that start their journey with AWS. And we do infrastructure bootstrapping typically based on our infrastructure as code templates for our clients worldwide. Every other week, we discuss a topic related to AWS in this podcast. One of us prepares the topic, which is not known to the other one. What's the subject today, Michael?
1: Yeah, Andreas, today we are going to talk about um, IP version 6 on AWS. So... Um, it's all about um, what uh, is possible already and what makes uh, sense to do at the moment. So um, yeah, that's that's the topic. Um, so the new version of the IP protocol, um, which you might already heard of, right?
0: <laughs> of course, but I actually I haven't looked into it. So I'm very interested in what you have prepared and what you have discovered uh, with this topic on AWS. Let me mention one more thing, Michael. So this is episode thirty. Um, We are recording this on October the 23rd, and um, there will be a blog post covering the same topic um, Then we go through uh, when we talk about that in this episode. So you will find links to all of that in the show notes. Um, And so that's all I have to say, Michael. We are ready to start.
1: Yes. So, Andreas... Um I have like a like uh, last week I stumbled upon a interesting news that that fits very well into this topic. So I will start with that. Um it was um uh, or basically it was announced um that AWS paid um over 100 million dollars to get access to 4 million IP version 4 addresses, which means they basically paid 27 US dollars per IP version 4 IP address. Wow. And <laughs> that's I think that's pretty like or that shows pretty much the problem um i p version four addresses have become a very scarce resource because um all the unallocated blocks that are that were available are are now allocated to organizations so the organizations that um kind of allocate those i p address blocks and and those um companies are or not companies those organizations Uh, are called regional internet registries. For example, in the US, that's the ICANN. There's one in Europe, there's one in Africa and one in Asia as well. Uh, And they basically have allocated the free IP address blocks that were available. But all of them are now out of IP addresses, Um, which means um, there are no new IP addresses to use. And you basically have to, I mean, if you need IP version 4 addresses, public ones, you have to uh, find someone um, and, and buy them from them. And that's what AWS did. And, I mean, as we can imagine, AWS kind of is in trouble if they don't have enough IP version 4 addresses f- to spinning up their EC2 instances with public IPs. Mm-hmm. So they have, like, a big motivation to kind of get access to those IP addresses. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's um uh, go a little bit more into details here. So an IP version 4 address is a 32-bit... um. Um, uh, address, which means that there are around 4.3 billion possible IP addresses in this address range, and given that I mean there are, I think we are reaching 8 million, uh, 8 billion people on planet Earth, and um, that kind of uh, already shows the problem. So there's not one IP address per human, for example, and I mean there are people with multiple devices, and then things get tricky. There are servers as well, so it, it is obvious that this is a problem. And actually that's not something that was discovered recently and um, so for many decades this problem was known and people started to work on a solution. And um, the solution to the problem is IP version 6 and the mind-blowing thing here is that um, an IP version 6 IP address is 128 bit bits long and that doesn't sound that much uh, longer probably. I mean it's four times longer than the 32-bit uh, version but the mind-blowing thing is that this basically increases the number of IP addresses to a number that is impossible to imagine. So um, it is called, um, like, the, the the number is three hundred three hundred forty sextillions IP addresses. So it, I mean, <laughs> I have no idea how many IP addresses this <laughs> is, it, but it's a lot of IP addresses, basically. So um, the, the big thing to understand here is that the IP address is so big now in IP version 6 that we don't have to care anymore about um, like the scarcity of IP addresses. So it's 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 definitely not a scarce
0: resource anymore in um, IP version 4. So that also means that every device can get its own public IP address and we don't need any netting or stuff like that what we currently do uh, a lot on the internet probably.
1: Yeah, so that that's one point for example and it, it goes even further so for example there are and and this is all kind of like in the it's, it's also kind of developing at the moment. But there are ideas that you as a like as a, as a person who gets access to the internet, you don't get a single IP address. So for example, you get a whole subnet, mm-hmm. um, and and those subnets are bigger than what we have today in the IP version four address range. So it it's really like I mean every like light bulb can get its own IP address, and I can have an Amazon Echo in every room,
0: and it's still enough. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
1: Yes, so, so you can have a lot of Amazon Echoes and, and lots of rooms and it will still be fine. That's right. Um, and what I now mentioned is like, this is one of the advantages of, of IP version 6. So it's the increased address um, range, um, but there are other benefits. And um, the, the the key thing here to understand is that much of the improvements of IP version 6 will never be noticed by uh, most of us, including myself. Um and I think that's okay. I'm fine with that, uh, and that's also one of the reasons why we use AWS. I mean, we don't really want to understand the deep, uh, the deep, deep details of how networking works. Uh, I want to spin up an EC2 instance or um, a, a container, and then I want to get connectivity to the internet uh, or to the other containers, and that's it. And and AWS figures out for us how that works with IP version six. Um, but yeah, if um, the listeners are interested in the other benefits of IP version six. Then I will add a couple of links to the show notes for um, um, further learning. So I have read a book about IP version six that I really liked, and it was really um, complicated. Like in terms of it, it really got down into the the, the nitty gritty details. Um, so okay, um, that was my kind of introduction to IP version six, and now I want to kind of. Um, show or i want to outline a journey how could you transition to ip version 6 on aws so what are the necessary steps and where could it get a little bit more complicated and what are the low hanging fruits so are you ready for that Andreas
0: absolutely michael looking forward to that
1: okay so the first obvious step is that you um start with the public services first so this means um that you get um or that you basically provide your end-users IP version 6 connectivity. And what I also hadn't, I look, I was not aware of that fact that uh, today 30% of the internet traffic is IP version 6 um, already. Um, and this is like a number that basically grows every year. And the other thing to understand here is that this is driven by mobile devices and it is also um, very heavily between countries. So there are countries that are like in terms of IP version 6 adoption, are like pretty good, like more than 60% of the traffic is IP version 6, for example. And there are countries where um, the IP version 6 deployment is not yet um, like so popular. And I'm just opening the website from Google to give you a couple of examples. So for example, in the United States, more than 40% uh, of the traffic is IP version 6 traffic. And um, in, in Germany, like the country where we live, is it's around 50%. And my uh, and there are also pretty pretty small countries, uh, like for example, Switzerland, it's, it's also 40 percent. Um, and then we have countries like India where we have 50 percent IP version six adoption and And this is um, pretty cool. So it is also kind of driven by those um, emerging countries where we, where we see I mean they don't have those big IP version four blocks. They, they just were basically too late to to get access to those IP address blocks, so they really are forced to use IP version six. Um so that's a really an interesting development but um, if you are based in the US it, it makes lots of sense because uh, close to half of the users are using it already so you c- can um, allow your users to benefit from it so okay um, and what do I mean by public services first so let's go through the list of AWS services that are uh, that offer public uh, facing endpoints and then we can see how well they support IP version 6 today so I think one of the most basic building blocks that you need is the DNS infrastructure. So Route 53, it has IP 6 support by default. So there's nothing to do for you. It, it is already ready, basically. Um, then we have the content delivery network CloudFront. And with CloudFront, you have to enable IP version 6 support. It's just like a flag on your um, uh, on your distribution. And if I understand it correctly, then for a couple of years now, this is default enabled if you click through the ui to create a distribution and um, so um, you might already have enabled ip version 6 and when i first like started using ip version 6 on aws that was exactly what i did i switched uh, cloud front distribution and turned on ip version 6 support but that's not all you have to do so um, one thing that i learned quickly is that um, you also have to add another dns record with Round Fifty Three, the way it works to uh, point to CloudFront is you create an A record and of type alias. So that's kind of the AWS internal uh, thing, the alias record. And for IP version six support, you uh, you create a so-called um, quad A record. So this is AAAA a, 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 a as a type basically. So it's four As, um, and then you point to your CloudFront distribution. And with the DNS record and IP version six enabled on the CloudFront distribution the clients will now resolve the IPv6 address of the distribution and then they will send their traffic to the IPv6 CloudFront uh, servers. So that's easy. I mean, it's reasonably easy to enable that. Okay, next service. Um, If you have an S3 bucket um, open to the public to download files that are not behind CloudFront, you can also benefit from um, IPv6. It's kind of on by default. Um, But you have to use another, um, like if you address your S3 objects, you have to change the DNS name slightly. So you have to add dual stack basically somewhere in between of the uh, DNS name of your bucket. And then you have an IP version 6 endpoint of S3. Um, So that's also possible.
0: Okay, so the default DNS endpoint of S3 does not use ipv6 and the there's a special endpoint for the dual stack
1: yes um that's right andreas um okay so let's continue this list so what about api gateway um we have um the 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 rest like api gateway rest edition or i don't know how they even call it today so the the old one the the, the classic one and um, there we have two different types we have the edge version and edge basically means that API gateway deploys a CloudFront distribution for us that we cannot control. So that was the one they started with. And with this version, the Edge version, there's no IP version 6 support yet. So you, they, there's no way to um, kind of enable this IP version 6 feature on the CloudFront distribution. I mean, they just don't expose this uh, functionality to us. If you have an IP, API gateway and you really want to offer IP version 6 to your clients, um, then you can do the following trick. You create a regional API gateway, which is, API gateway without the CloudFront managed distribution by AWS, and you basically put your own CloudFront distribution in front of it, and you enable IP version 6, and then everything is fine. So that's the workaround here. Um, Then I was looking into AppSync, so that's kind of the uh, GraphQL API gateway thing. Uh, It doesn't support IP version 6. Um, IoT Core supports uh, IP version 6 by default, and the funny story is that this was actually the first service in AWS that ever supported IP version 6. And... I mean, if you understand this problem with the small devices and things like this, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah,
0: it makes sense. Um,
1: and then we have um, last but not least global accelerator. Mm. So Andreas, you you wrote a, a a longer blog post about that. It it unfortunately doesn't support IP version six at the moment. So one thing to keep in mind with CloudFront is that even that CloudFront supports IP version six to the outside world, it still communicates to origins in IP version four. So. If your origin is IP version six, that doesn't help because CloudFront will still make uh, connections using IP version four. But that's not a big deal in this case. You just want to offer your end users IP version six. So in the case of CloudFront, that's super easy. You might miss one service, Andreas. Uh, so what about load balancers? So what about a load balancer that is public and your users connect directly to it? Um, load balancers are a little bit trickier because they run in a VPC. Um, And because they run in a VPC, you have to first uh, enable IP version 6 on a VPC. And that's a little bit uh,
0: more work. So uh, are you ready for that or do you have any questions so far? No, ready for that. Um, I have no idea how this works. So (laughs) let's go through it.
1: Yeah. And this is also where it starts uh, to like change or where I had some... It took me some time to really get this right. um, Because it is a little bit different than what we do with, with, with VPCs today. So a vpc in aws is never ip version 6 only it always is ip version 4 enabled and then you could optionally enable ip version 6 so this is what we call dual stack so you get an ip version 4 address and you optionally can have an ip version 6 address as well so that's what we that's what is called dual stack so you support ip version 4 and ip version 6 and if two ip version 6 like if an ip version 6 client wants to talk with an ip version 6 server that's fine it just works um, and, and if they one of them only supports IP version 4, they will fall back to the IP version 4 um, protocol. So, um, and now we look into how it works with AWS. So when you create a VPC today, you can specify the CIDR range of your VPC, right? You can choose from the private IP address ranges. And that's not longer the case. Um, so with IP version 6, what happens is that you just get a, a, um, a IP address block assigned by AWS, and the block is actually pretty big. It's a slash fifty-six block, and remember, we have uh, up to one hundred twenty-eight bits. So that's a big, a big block of IP addresses. Yeah, it's it's bigger than any VPC IP version four address that you can ever get. And what you get is a block of global unicast addresses. So this means first they are global. This means they are globally unique. This is like a public IP version, f- v- version four address. Um, and okay, then unicast address. So they are for unicast communication. If you like, and if you have an ipv version 6 block because you work in a large organization that has its own ipv version 6 block, that's possible as well to bring your own block um, to AWS. And there are uh, certain limitations. If this is your use case, definitely check out the documentation, um,
0: but you will have people who understand this then better than I do. Yeah. Okay, I have a question on that, Michael. So, so when I create a VPC and I enable IPv6, I get a By default, I get a random IPv6 block. Um, Is there any possibility to, for example, transfer that block to another VPC, another account or something? So in case I have to, I don't know, delete the VPC or something or move it to another account. I'm not aware of that. That's similar to what we have with an Elastic IP for the IP uh, uh, version 4 protocol where we can basically reserve the IP address and transfer it to instances the question is if there's something uh, similar to the VPC with uh, IPv6 okay okay interesting
1: if you get the block from AWS I think it will like if you for example come up with the plan to move to Azure later or something like this I think it will be not possible to get this block moved to Azure because it's owned by AWS it's like by default it's an AWS um, it's under AWS's um, um, management so if you think about things like this like portability you better bring your own IP version 6 block but don't ask me how complicated and expensive it is to get such a block here so I haven't I haven't tried that um, but it, it is possible um, and yeah okay so that's the first thing to understand VPCs now always have a slash 56 IP address range and that is assigned by AWS and it's a global uh, from a global unicast address um, block and now we create the subnets, right? So, uh, I mean, in, in, in the good old IP version 4 world, what happened now is was there was lots of meetings with network uh, departments, and they figure out, okay, what's the smartest way to slice those blocks uh, as small as possible, but still room to growth. And um, that took a lot of time. And the, the good news is, Andreas, that, that's not needed anymore with IP version 6. A subnet is always a slash 64 IP address block. And slash 64 is still a, a pretty big block. So it's much bigger than what you have today in the uh, IP version 4 world. So all subnets are of similar size. And they are so big. So basically, the limitation today is that, I mean, you will run out of IP version 4 addresses uh, in in a subnet because all the instances still need an IP version 4 address.
0: Exactly. So I mean, you cannot really utilize this. Yeah, that's block. what I wanted to say. I, I really... So, the, the IP version 4 addresses is still my limit because each instance needs at least one of those. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Is it, um, is it um, it's probably not the instance, it's probably every network interface needs its own.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, I mean, if you really look into the details, then at the end, in the VPC, only the elastic network interface are of importance. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's it. So the, the, the network topology kind of changes a little bit um, and you don't need to do much work anymore because lots of this stuff is kind of predefined. And now we have a VPC that's IP version 6 enabled. Great. Um, but we still need to think about how we connect to the internet. I mean, we get uh, global unicast addresses, but if you don't have a route to the internet, I mean, that doesn't help us much because we still cannot communicate to the internet. So the good old internet gateway is still there, um, so that's the same um, 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 the same resource that we use for IP version six. You create a route in your route table. The only thing that changes is that um, the CIDR notation for IP version six is looks a little bit different. It's colon colon slash uh, zero, so that's kind of matching all the IP addresses, uh, and then you are fine. But there is something new, and I, I really like this. It's called an ec only internet gateway and it does exactly what the name says so this is like uh, one of the cases where uh, naming in where we AWS got naming right so they they just name it in a way that you understand what it does <laughs> it provides access only to the internet so only outgoing uh, connections to the internet egress only um this means you can send packets to the internet but no one can uh, originate or no one can establish a connection from the internet uh, to your um to your instances so that's basically a way to run your workloads um, with a public IP address, but still make
0: sure that no one can connect to them from the outside world. So Michael, so regarding, do you know about the costs? So NAT gateway and traffic through NAT gateway is quite expensive. What's about the costs for traffic going through the egress-only internet gateway?
1: Uh, as far as I know, this is just like the regular AWS traffic. So there's no there's no additional charge for the egress-only internet gateway. So it makes like, the and this is like the good news, the whole nutting thing is 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 going is 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 kind of it, it doesn't exist anymore. There are no NAT gateways uh,
0: anymore. Cool stuff. And and another question, just for me to get that right. So DVPC is dual stack. So I have IP version four and IP version six. Mm-hmm. So um does that mean um I I just don't use the IP version four protocol for outbound communication and just um Have an internet uh, Egress only internet gateway, and I don't. Then I can't. Basically, I can't use IP version four to connect to the outside world.
1: Um, I mean, if you if you use IP version four, then so Egress only internet gateway only works with IP version six, as far as I know. Exactly. Um, So if you if you connect to an IP version four IP address, it basically goes through maybe your NAT gateway, whatever you configured in this uh, routing table. And if you connect to an IPv6 IP address, then it flows through the egress-only Internet gateway.
0: Okay. And if I don't use a NAT gateway, I can only do IPv6 traffic outside of the VPC, yes. probably.
1: Yes, that's right, yeah.
0: Okay. But that's probably not a big deal because all... What What about the AWS APIs? So when I talk to, let's say, DynamoDB and stuff... Yeah, so
1: and so this is also something that I wanted to talk about. So the AP, AWS API is IP version 4 only... Um, so this doesn't help you uh, in any any sense. Yeah, um, it's an IP version four only thing. Uh, that's unfortunate. Um, wow. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's also not the benefit that you would get is is I mean, okay, you could you could save the NAT gateway costs, um, but you could also just get rid of the NAT gateway today, um, and that that would also solve the problem. But okay, so the key thing to understand with the NAT gateway, the removal of the NAT gateway is that. In IPv6, the goal is so-called end-to-end connectivity. So you send a packet from an IP address uh, to another IP address, and there is nothing magically in between that changes those IP addresses. So you have end-to-end connectivity. So that's the key ID of IPv6. And AWS seems to uh, support that idea as well, because, I mean, that gateway is not an option. It, it's not possible to route IPv6 traffic. So um, that's nice. Another thing to understand is that there are no private IP version 6 addresses in a VPC anymore. So um, all you get is this global uh, global unicast address, which is basically a public IP address. And I mean, today people fear public IP addresses. Yeah, They get crazy if something has a public IP address attached. And with IP version 6, I mean, you have to get used to it uh, because that's kind of the only thing you have. Um, What you also get, um, like if you spin up an EC2 instance... What this instance also gets is a so-called uh, link local address. And the link local address is um, like this is an IP version 6 thing. It's not related to AWS. The link local address works um, within like in AWS terms. It works within a subnet. So if you spin up two EC2s in the, single, in the same subnet, you can talk to each other using the link local address. And the link local address is not something that you see in the AWS console. You can see it on a Linux machine with ifconfig, if for example. So that that is kind of the private IP address of IP version six, because whenever a router sees such a link local address, it will just drop it. So it cannot kind of leave the link. So it it is it is blocked at the link layer. Uh, so whenever it reaches the router, it is it it is not routed into into another subnet, and that's why you can only communicate within a subnet. You cannot communicate from a subnet to another subnet using the link local address. So I don't think that it is um, very helpful in AWS. So you will just use the global unicast address of the IP of the instance to talk to each other, because otherwise you always get into this problems of crossing subnet borders and things like this. So what is a typical, like today we have this public private VPC setups, right? We have public subnets, we have private subnets. And I think the 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 translation into the IP version six world is that the public subnet is kind of its days as it is. You have to route to the internet gateway and that's why it's public and the only thing that changes here is that now those instances have IPv6 um, addresses. Um, and then we have the private uh, subnets. And I think it, I don't think that there's yet like a, a pattern emerged. So I, I did some research and also the AWS documentation is not really, there's not much about IPv6 topo- topologies of networks. Um, but I think what we will see is that a private subnet basically uh, will be a subnet with a route to the egress-only gateway. So, you um, Kind of a private subnet with a NAT gateway uh, from like the connectivity perspective. Perspective. I mean, you could uh, also get rid of the egress-only gateway completely so that you don't have access to the internet as well from the private subnets. And that's also an option. So those are the two options. And there's not really, it's not really like something that is like predefined. That's the good way of doing it. That's the bad way of doing it. You, I mean, if you need to connect to the internet, then you would attach an egress-only gateway basically. The next question is, how do you get those IP addresses? And by default, AWS um, assigns the IP address to the elastic network interface when it starts up using uh, DHCP version 6. Um, So there's nothing for you to do. I mean, it's the same way that it works today. Just you get an IP address. Um, You could, if you like, manage the IP address manually, as you can do today as well with IP version 4. So you can configure the ANI with a specific IP address. Um, so, I mean, it's not recommended and it gets, I think it gets completely un- unmanageable basically. And with auto scaling groups and stuff like this, it's not possible at all. The next question here is now we have the VPC topology. So, how do we secure the traffic? And I think the answer uh, is that you use security groups. Um, because with, with IP version 6, I mean, the idea is this end to end connectivity. So, one IP talks to another IP, right? So, the only way to really um, implement uh, a, a, a sufficient um, traffic policy is at this level and this is the elastic network interface level so it's a security group that you use to control what traffic is allowed to enter this thing and what traffic is allowed to leave that thing um, so I think that security groups will be and, and this is what I also think for IP version 4 are the the, the one and only thing to control your network traffic and access control lists, in my opinion I mean they are kind of a second layer of defense in IP version 4 world I don't think that they will help you much in IP version 6 because the subnets are so big. I mean, today you could have access control lists where you basically kind of control a little bit which subnet is allowed to talk to which other subnet. But subnets now are so big, so I'm not sure if that really makes much sense anymore. But uh, we will see how this develops. But from my perspective, make sure that you get the security groups right uh, and then you should be uh, you should be fine. And there is not yet a pattern how to really deal with IPv6 on access control lists in AWS. Um, At at least I'm not aware of it. So, yeah, that's kind of um, the same story than today. So recommendation is security groups.
0: And the security groups, um, I have to um, add different rules for IPv4 and IPv6, probably. Is that correct?
1: Um, yes. So if you use a CIDR notation, like if you if you address IP address ranges, then you have to use the IP version six notation. Um, but if you reference security groups, then there's no change. Yeah. And the ports is st- like IP version four. Like ports are not part of IP of the IP protocol. Um, so so the ports are still the same basically in security groups. Um, But if you refer, like, for example, if you allow traffic from the public internet, from all the IP addresses, then this looks different Mm. than today in your security. group. And the,
0: um, when two EC2 instances communicate with each other, when you have IPv6 enabled, does that also mean they talk to each other over IPv6 by default? Or is that something I have to configure on my Linux system somewhere or?
1: Yeah so that's a question of the operating system that's right um and the the thing is that if you run a modern operating system they always or most of them prefer IP version 6 so basically what they do is they try IP version 6 and if that's not going to work they fall back to IP version 4 and i tested if with, with amazon linux uh, too. but um that's i mean i in the book that i that i read it it was mentioned that that's the default and this book is I don't know. It's the third edition, and it was printed a couple of years ago. So um, that that definitely is better today than it was when the book was published. Okay. So Andreas, the next step now we can actually talk about the load balancers, right? So that was where I when I when I was uh, like when I last talked about load balancer, I had to make this little um, like we had to make this 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 road trip through VPC configs, uh, and now we are back to load balancers. Okay. An application load balancer that is internet facing. Uh, can um, support IP version 6 if you enable it. Um, and also don't forget to add the uh, quad A record. Uh, otherwise, yeah, your users will not be able to, to communicate with the load balancer using IP version uh, 6. So that's kind of um, a like not a big deal and not a big change as well. And make sure that the security group attached to the load balancer allows uh, traffic from IP version 6 addresses then as well. Um, and basically for all the other load balancers and load balancer uh, schemes like internet facing or internal the answer is there is no ip version 6 support so network load balancers don't support ip version 6 classic load balancers don't support ip version 6 um, and internal load balancers also don't support ip version 6 so that's kind of the, the rules here so the only thing that really supports it is the application load balancer and as same uh, as with CloudFront and ALB, will always communicate to the target using IP version four. So um, your targets, uh, if your targets are IP version six enabled, that doesn't uh, help much because uh, the load balancer will still communicate using IP version four.
0: Okay. Well, wow, that's I didn't expect that. So I expected that the network load balancer, an internet-facing one, is IPv6 ready. So this is only a few years old. So you should she <laughs> should assume that they implemented yeah. that. But okay. Wow,
1: yeah. So I think the, the network load balancer is one of the the the, the like the load balancers that will probably receive it the support for IPv six next, and and I, I don't think that classic load balancer will receive it. Uh, I'm not sure, but yeah. Uh, I mean it's the classic one. Um, the one one thing I I, I read and I'm not really an expert on EC two classic, so that's the like, if you have a really old AWS account, then you you can have access to EC two classic. And my understanding is that with EC two classic the classic load balancer supports ip version 6 as well but um, this was just something that i read in the documentation so i'm not 100% sure um okay but if you are in the ec2 classic world then um you you definitely should 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 check out everything that i said because it only applies to the vpc world right so uh, i talked about vpcs here they
0: are not available in ec2 classic so michael what about all the other um, resources that i can place into my VPCs. so what about ec2 instances rds and so on
1: yeah so an ec2 instance um, if it it uses a, uh, a like a i would say a more modern uh, instance type right? like the, the documentation says if it's of the current generation uh, whatever that actually means um then it supports ip version 6 um, and there are a couple of other instance types that also supported C3, R3, I2, uh, also supported. Um, so, I mean, if you use like, for example, an M3 medium, it probably doesn't. Um, but if you use something like an M5 and, and then you have IP version six support, um, but still, even if your IC2 instance type supports it, um, yeah, still you have to make sure that you get such an IP address. So there are two ways to uh, get such an IP address, um, you can either configure it on the subnet um, to, to say, okay, by default, uh, it's called auto-assign IP version 6. And that's also um, for possible for IP version 4. So should an instance or should a network interface automatically receive a, a, a public IP 4 um, or an IP version 6 address? So that's the subnet layer where you can configure it. So that's a convenient option. Um, but you can also, like if you launch an EC2 instance, you can uh, explicitly tell it to, to, to get an IP version 6 address. Um so that's also an option. Um, one thing I stumbled upon is that um, for <laughs> whatever reason that it doesn't make any sense, a CloudFormation does not allow us to uh, configure a subnet with both IPv4 and IPv6 auto assignment turned on. And the documentation also says that's not possible. Uh, so it's an either or decision. Um, it, it is actually not, so you can do it with the UI, you can do it with the CLI. So the API supports it, but CloudFormation doesn't. So um, I, I, yeah, I don't know why. It's it's just like it's a basically it's a check that doesn't make any sense, and um, like they validate something that that is not, um, and that is not necessary. So maybe it was back in the days, I don't know, but today it, the check doesn't make any sense. Um, so it is um, possible to configure it this way using the CLI and the UI, but yeah, that's just on. Uh, one kind of problem I was running into um, um, but okay then what else can we launch into VPCs for example we can launch an RDS database Uh, it doesn't support IP version 6 so it's always IP version 4 Um, Fargate does not support IP version 6 Lambda does not support IP version 6 Um, and I mean, I now can tell a lot of services they don't support IP version 6. The question is, is this really such a big problem? Um, so I think in terms of IP version 6 adoption, I mean, it definitely is. So if you reach, like from your Lambda function, you make an, a call to an API that, that is IP version 6 enabled. Uh, you cannot use that because the Lambda is not, it's, it's IP version 4 only. So it will fall back to IP version 4. So, I mean, I don't think it's, I mean, it's not probably not the highest priority to, 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 to fix that, um, but um, yeah, that, that's it i think it doesn't make there there's lots of effort on aws's side and the benefits are basically very very limited
0: but one benefit would be so that's probably also the reason why i can't have an ipv6 only vpc because basically i can't do <laughs> much when i when i when i do so so the the benefit would be if all the services would support ipv6 i could also have a v ipv6 only vpc uh, and then get rid of the limitations of IP version four with all the address range. Yeah. Maybe is that. But
1: the problem is that there is uh, lots of IP version four out there in the world. So I mean, at some point in time, we will have IP version six only networks. But I, I think this will take. I don't know. So maybe we can talk about if you have like a gray beard or, <laughs> or how's it called? Like, if you are like twenty years My hair older, is already we can <laughs> really <gray> Yes, <laughs> so. we can have the same conversation and then we can see how it evolves. But I mean. Things are moving slowly, and this is um like for many companies and many large networks so this is this is expensive to to change and they like every i don't know fifteen years or so they change the equipment, so it takes some time until everyone is 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 i p version six enabled so dual stack is is
0: totally fine yeah it feels a little bit to me that a w s is a little bit late to that party right so i don't know they started twenty years ago they should uh, may, maybe they should have thought about that from the beginning i don't know.
1: I'm not sure. So I don't think that any other cloud provider is better um, um, and I don't think that much like I, I haven't like I, for like even large enterprise customers we've worked with. I mean, I haven't seen many networks that are IP versions X ready. So most of them are not even dual stack. Um, so, yeah, I I think it's, it's just like this is something that takes a lot of time to transition and, and there's a lot of developing going on still. So lots of questions are not really answered and there's lots of things changing in the like um, like in the in like the, the the committees where where things are discussed and and, and standardized so it, it's really uh, uh sh- still in kind of development mode um i mean parts are like stable and deployed um, but they are still open questions yeah but Um, A a funny note that, and this kind of goes into the same direction, so I I checked a couple of websites if they are IPv6 enabled. So, for example, Google is IPv6 enabled, uh, but Amazon.com is not. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a a surprise um, because, I mean, and it it looks like that they use CloudFront, so there at least is some CloudFront uh, DNS names when I uh, resolve the DNS name. Uh, But it's IPv4 only, um, and I'm not sure why, but... um, they might have the, a reason um, and i think they have, like in the early days of ip version 6 there were problems with if if clients have not uh, proper support or sometimes ip version 6 was significantly slower which it shouldn't be it should be actually faster uh, so maybe they 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 haven't switched because this will impacts a very small amount of clients out there um but yeah this is just like a funny funny side note so yeah andreas that's kind of it. That's uh, all I learned about IP version six on AWS recently, and um, yeah, I don't know if there's any like uh, question that you have, or if I should end this here with my summary and my recommendations. Okay, so maybe one
0: thing, so we, we we talked about the AWS APIs, and you said they are IP version four only. So I think that's a little bit of a bummer because that would be really cool if I could replace my NAT gateway with that e- Egress only internet gateway. So that would be on my top one IPv6 AWS wish list. <laughs> so that they have all their APIs um, IPv6 enabled shouldn't be that hard to achieve, actually.
1: Yeah, I mean that. I mean, if they are using network load balancers, then probably that's the 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 the, the problem. But if they're using application load balancer kind of stuff, then that should be easy. Um, yeah, I mean, we don't know. Maybe they use something different. But yeah, um, so there are definitely lots of uh, uh, things that AWS has to do to to achieve IPv6 uh, support, like 100% IPv6 support. Um, but um, yeah, we will see um, how this um, how this evolves. Um, so okay, so what should you actually do? So like if you if you run workloads on AWS, um, what's what's what are the next steps? So my recommendation is this. So there's a fact that, that basically you cannot deny. It's uh, IP version 6 is coming. So you, you cannot kind of, I mean, you cannot ignore the problem. I mean, if you ignore the problem, then at some point in time, you will uh, run into issues. So it is, it is very um, obvious that, that this is something that you have to deal with. Um, so at some point in time, you have to start the journey. Um, so for now, I recommend enabling IP version 6 for the endpoints that are public facing. So everything that end users connect to, I would highly recommend to turn on IP version 6. So this is CloudFront. So if you have API gateways, then you have to do this little workaround using a regional uh, one with, with CloudFront again. Um, if your application load balancer is public facing, then you should turn IP version 6 on, on the application load balancer. And, and this is actually this is not much effort uh, for you uh, but it, it just enables ip version 6 for all the like 40% of the customers basically uh, that you serve so that's a good a good thing to do and i don't see much benefit today in enabling ip version 6 in your vpc um to be honest um and the only exception is that if you have an application load balancer and you want to expose this thing directly to the internet without CloudFront in front of it, then this is uh, like you have to enable IP version six on your VPC, otherwise this is not going to work.
0: Another use case would be if you have EC2 instances that you want to that want that are accessible from the internet, then it it helps as well.
1: Yeah. So if you have okay, if you have one instance that is accessible from the internet, yeah. So um, if but I I don't know if okay if that's the use case then yeah that's that's also that's that's right as well. And um, so yeah. So as I mentioned, I don't see much benefit in doing IPv6 on the VPC now, but um, still, um, yeah. At some point in time, it probably gets um, gets more interesting. And I think this whole egress-only gateway thing is also interesting uh, for um, getting rid of the NUT gateway on all
0: these taxes that you pay for your traffic. I, I would also say, when, I, when you start now, create a VPC and build up your network um, architecture and everything, maybe it's a good idea to enable IPv6 because um, then you don't have to do it later. <laughs> and of uh, course, you know, when you do it right now, you have everything in place, and, and you don't have to do any transition or migration later. Maybe that's another reason to enable it now, even if you don't use
1: it. Yeah, that's right. And it, it's actually it's not a lot of effort to enable it. I mean, it's just basically. I mean, if you use the UI, then it's just a click uh, in CloudFormation. It's another line. Um. So yeah. Um. It is. It is not a, a lot of effort. Um. But um. It also not a lot of benefits. But you could save some migration efforts later on. That's right. Okay, Andreas. That's all I have. Um, as I mentioned, I have um, I put two links into the show notes. Uh, one is a reinvent talk from 2017 um, about IPv6. Uh, it starts with a introduction of IPv6 and then uh, at r- roughly in the middle they, they start about how AWS implements it and, and why they, they choose um, for example using global unicast address only and all kinds of decisions are explained. So that's an interesting and interesting video and i also link um, um the the book that i read um and i don't recommend it like if you're just interested in turning on ip version 6 on aws i wouldn't read it so it's it's it it goes like far beyond what you need to get ip version 6 um, running on aws but if you really want to understand everything underneath and why it is uh, all the benefits then um you can read through that book um so that's it andreas um anything you want to mention
0: here at the end Thank you very much, Michael, for preparing this topic. This was really uh, interesting to me. Um, I think what I have two things to mention. So first of all, there will be a a Cloudonaut Plus video covering the same topic and going more into details. So um, if you're interested in that, check out our Cloudonaut Plus offering. You will find links to that in the show notes. And also, um, it would help us very much if you would share um, and spread the word about the Cloudonaut podcast. So, share it with your friends, coworkers. Share it on social media. This really helps us to um, get the keep the show running. That would help us very much. Thank you very much, Michael. And we will speak to each other in two weeks. Bye.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Andreas. Bye.